Kings chapter 19. And we're just going to look at a, just a simple thought tonight. Hopefully it'll be a help to you. And uh, just talking about handling stressful situations. I think we live in a world where there are stresses. There are times where we feel um, stressed and there are times we feel troubled and overwhelmed. And I'm so glad that we have the kind of uh, Bible that preserves lessons for us. The Bible tells us that whatsoever things were written aforetime were written for our learning. And so this, this, um, this evening, we're just going to look at a, um, just an example here in, in the, the book of 2 Kings in Hezekiah. And um, I think we can all relate to, um, to times where we've been, we've been troubled or overwhelmed or stressed. And we live in a world that's, that's got stressors. There's things that, that stress us. And one of the things, you know, as Sydney Siders that I think sometimes we, um, we just live with is the traffic, isn't it? And sometimes the traffic stresses us. But I'll tell you what, uh, nothing, like, nothing, nothing stressed me out more than trying to navigate through San Francisco International Airport, all right? And um, you can, my, my wife will, will vouch for me. You know, I'm teaching this tonight, and it's more like do as I say, not as I do, all right? Because I really didn't respond well during that time. But, you know, we were trying to follow the GPS, and it was taking us to different places. And what had happened was I needed to return the rental vehicle, and I forgot to, well, I, I remembered I needed to fill up petrol. Because, you know, they charge you like a million dollars a gallon or something if you, if you miss the, if you don't fill it up. So, so I, in my mind, and I, you know, I, I can admit tonight that I'm not very good with directions generally, all right? And so um, I was thinking in my mind that there was one on the way, and, um, and we, we went a different way to what I had in mind, and there it was, I missed it, and now I was just about there at San Francisco International Airport, and we were just driving around like I was a madman, all right? And my wife's trying to remain calm, and I was not calm. And it just, uh, this, this, um, this chapter remind, was a reminder to me uh, that there, are way, there is a way that, that we ought to handle stressful situations. There is a way that, that um, we can learn from Scripture how we ought to handle that. And, and we're going to talk about a situation here in the life of King Hezekiah that was much more stressful and much more troublesome and much more overwhelming than the simple traffic at SFO International. All right, it was much more than that. In fact, the, the, the nation was under threat. A foreign king, the king of Assyria, Sennacherib, had sent a messenger, Rabshakeh, to, be, to, to say some things that was going to shake the confidence of the people. In chapter 18, the question is, uh, is asked by Rabshakeh, uh, what confidence is this wherein thou trustest? And, and he begins to question um, the, the, the Hezekiah as a king. He begins to really question the, the kind of trust that Hezekiah had shown to God up to this point and whether that was a reliable thing for the people to, uh, to, uh, to, to be able to put their trust in their, their leader who was putting his trust in God. And, and uh, I'll tell you what, nothing stresses out uh, a leader more than when his people are confidence in him and the, his God is being shaken. And, and here it was a stressful moment for Hezekiah. There was a very real threat to their lives, but then also there was an, uh, uh, an underlying purpose in that it, it was shaking the confidence of the people in, in, in Hezekiah himself 
but then mainly really in, in um, the God whom they serve, in our God. And so it was a stressful time. And, and whilst we look at that, and, and we could probably uh, say without a shadow of a doubt, we've probably never been in that kind of situation before, there are stresses in our life. There are times where we feel overwhelmed and we feel like uh, that the, the waves are going to come across and drown us. And, and while some stressful situations aren't as serious as others, uh, they all have a way of showing us how, how much stress we actually have. And stressful situations reveal really the true condition of our hearts. Um, Jim Berg, a well-known Christian counselor, once likened these situations to hot water moments. And he said that as we go, as we, we go through stressful moments, it's like the tea bag going into the hot water. And when in that moment the tea bag releases the true flavor that's within and you know, sometimes we think we're, we're doing okay and we're going through the, uh, the life with, with relative peace and we think like we've got it all together. Um, hot water moments have a way, stressful moments have a way of bringing out what's really within, what's really in there. And, um, and you know, someone was asking me tonight, whoa, you, you look so fresh for someone who just flew 14 hours and I just had to tell them, I'm just pretending, okay, because <laughs> I'm really tired tonight. But but I'm glad that, that um, you know, in times, where, um, in times where we're in hot water situations, we can still rely upon our God. And we can still look at, glean some things from, from those who dealt with greater pressures and greater uh, um, moments in their lives and learn some things about, uh, about that. Um, when we go through these moments, these stresses, we have a choice of trusting God or having our confidence in, in God shaken. And whether it's uh, the feeling of being lost, like I was trying to describe, or facing a life-changing situation, we can learn from others so that we may handle our stressful situations in a way that pleases our Lord. All right, and so let's pray. We'll ask the Lord to bless, and then we're, we're just going to read through the, the Scriptures here and, and learn some things from the, the life of King Hezekiah. Let's pray. Father God, we just want to thank you tonight that, Lord, you're a God who is over all. Thank you, dear God, that as we, we think about the, the moments in our lives that, that leave us feeling overwhelmed and stressed and, and pressured, that, Lord, you're above all of that. And in fact, Lord, you, you show some things in, in others' lives that, we can, uh, that you point to, that you highlight, uh, Lord, for us to learn and glean so that we might apply it in our lives. And so I pray that you'd help us tonight as we glean some things in the life of King Hezekiah. And we pray and ask these things in Christ's most precious, holy, wonderful name. Amen. And, uh, you know, King Hezekiah is just a, a prime example. If you look at the, the life of King Hezekiah, he really, he really was a, a, a king who turned the, the, the fortunes of the kingdom around. He was a king who followed right, who did right in the sight of God. And he was a king who had a real uh, depth to his, um, his, 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 his devotion to God. And so we learn from a good example here. Um, you know, it's not always the case that you learn through good examples in, through the kings. If you know a little bit about the, the history of, of the kings from when the nation was divided, there's many bad examples that we can learn from, but there's a good example that we can learn from in, in, the, king, in the form of King Hezekiah. And, and in the first place, notice verse 1. Look at 2 Kings chapter 19 and look at verse 1. And it came to pass when King Hezekiah heard it. So this is, there was a back and forth that had just occurred in, in, in chapter 18. There was a back and forth regarding um, regarding the, the Assyrian um, uh, assault on, on the kingdom there. 
and, and Hezekiah was trying to calm himself, but also calm the people in, in response to that. But, but Rabshakeh kept coming back and kept coming back and forth trying to, trying to, um, trying to shake the, the confidence that the people had. And so Hezekiah was in a pressure moment. And notice what happened here. And it came to pass when King Hezekiah heard it that he rent his clothes and covered himself with sackcloth and went into the house of the Lord. And now we see there his, his initial response was really this. He was trying to, he was comprehending the reality of the moment. If you know a little bit about uh, Jewish culture, this thing of, of putting, uh, renting your clothes and covering yourself with sackcloth, it was a show of, of mourning, of the seriousness of the moment. It was him responding with the reality of what was in front of him. And um, this was a cultural uh, way of mourning or, or dealing with a, a serious situation. And, and, and again, understand, this was a very serious threat, right? Not, none of us here have ever faced where we're looking uh, down a wall and there's a messenger calling out where there's an army behind him of hundreds of thousands of people. This was a serious moment. Uh, but uh, here he's, he's responding accordingly to the reality of the moment. This was a serious threat from a very serious king, Sennacherib, who made himself an enemy to Hezekiah. And, and here's the point I'm trying to make, though, in regard to this, why we need to comprehend the reality. It is often in those moments where we're stressed and we're overwhelmed. Stress has a way of clouding our judgment. You ever notice that? You know, I'm, I'm generally a competent driver. But, but because I missed a turn or two, Suddenly, my judgment was clouded, and suddenly, I wasn't listening to anything, especially my wife, <laughs> who was remaining as calm as, as she normally is. But, but you know, in, in stressful times and in overwhelming times, our judgment can become clouded. It can become very, um, very clouded, and, and the things we're seeing is actually not the case, and it's like this. Look at Psalm 107, and we'll turn to different passages of Scripture tonight. Psalm 107, I hope you've got your Bible. Psalm 107, um, if, you, if you don't, then um, just look to the person next to you who has one, or you can raise your hand and we'll, we'll give you a copy for tonight. But Psalm 107, look at verses 23 uh, down to 30. And, and here's a person who's going down in the sea in ships that do business in great waters. Um, you know, life is, is, is part risk. You go in, in your journey, and, and you know, life has risks. And so this, this one, they go to deep waters to do business. Um, notice here, the next verse, verse 24, these see the works of the Lord and His wonders in the deep. And you know, when we go forth for the Lord, we go into deep waters. We take some leaps of faith, so to speak. And so he's saying here, he's going doing that, but these, uh, for he command, commandeth and raiseth the stormy wind, which lift, lifted up the waves thereof. They mount up to the heaven, they go down again to the depths, their soul is melted because of trouble. And here is pictured the, the great uh, roaring sea, buffeting the, the vessel and, 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 you know, turning you around. And, and, and you know, the, the open water has a way of troubling us in a way where we feel like, we don't know where to go. Um, you know, I'm not, a, I'm not a, a very competent swimmer. 
and I don't like coming, going into the ocean. My wife and I, we generally get seasick, all right? And, and so we've, we're, we're land lovers, all right? We're not, we're not, we don't have our sea legs at all. But you've ever been swimming and then you've gone into the, the water and, and a, a massive wave comes and sort of just disorients you. you. You sort of don't know whether you're upside down or you're right way up or you're, you're you know, you're under the, the, uh, the wave or you're over it and you're sort of disoriented. That, that's the, what he's talking about here. They, notice the next verse, they reel to and fro and stagger like a drunken man and are at their wit's end. So, so you're going through a situation that's overwhelming and you just don't know. You, your, your judgment is clouded. You don't know which way is up and down. Then they cry unto the Lord in their trouble, and He bringeth them out of their distress. He maketh the storm a calm, so that the waves are over still. Then are they glad, because they be quiet, so He bringeth them unto their desired haven. And, and there's a, just a great chapter there um, speaking about troubles and trials and going through the, the distresses and stresses of life. But what I'm trying to say is, is often when we're faced with trouble, we get disoriented. Our, our judgment becomes very clouded, doesn't it? You know, we go through stressful moments and, and those things that seem to uh, be easy decisions previously become difficult ones. Our judgment gets clouded. And so this is part of comprehending the reality of the moment. It says in Leviticus 26.36, in regard to the nation of Israel, uh, when they, were, they, they, had, they had gone against the Lord and rebelled against Him in Le- Leviticus 26.36, And upon them that are left alive of you, I will send a faintness into their hearts, in the lands of their enemies, and the sound, notice this, of a shaken leaf shall chase them, and they shall flee as fleeing from a sword, and they shall fall when none pursueth. And, and if, you add, if you add to your stress fear, then, then even the smallest things and the slightest things alarm us. He's saying there, uh, the sound of shaken leaf is going to sound like a sword. It's going to la- sound like something's about to attack you. And, and here, the, 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 the situation that the, the people were in were, uh, was, was ordained of God because of their rebellion. But that is symptomatic, really, of, of how we are. R- remember the, the, um, the, the, the spies that went into Canaan? Remember the ten who came back with an evil report? They came back and they said that we were like grasshoppers. Their their perspective was skewed. Why? Because of the stress of the situation, but also their fear. And so in those moments, we've got to comprehend the reality of it, of what is actually taking place. And when we find ourselves in stressful, overwhelming, troublesome situations, we aren't always the best judge of the seriousness and reality of the situation. We're not always the best. And, and, you know, sometimes how we see the stressful moment isn't how God sees it. You know, our, our ways are not His ways. Neither our thoughts, His thoughts. His ways are higher. And sometimes the way we see it isn't really the way God's seeing it. Here's an example. Look at John chapter 18. Look at John chapter 18. And and here he's in the Garden of Gethsemane. He's just been betrayed. And and notice here the the response of Simon. Look at John 18. Look at um, at verse 4. And notice Jesus here. Jesus, therefore, knowing all things, 
that should come upon him went forth and said unto them, Whom seek ye? They answered him, Jesus of Nazareth. Jesus saith unto them, I am he. And Judas also, which betrayed him, stood with them. As soon then as he had said unto them, I am he, they went backward and fell to the What power we have in our Savior. He responds, and they fell backward at his response. Then asked he them again, Whom seek ye? And they said, Jesus of Nazareth. And um, notice here, uh, Jesus answered, I have told you that I am he. If therefore you seek me, lest, let the, these go their way. That the saying might be fulfilled, which he spake of them, which thou gavest me, have I lost none. So he, so he understands the, 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 the perspective of the Father here. This was part of the, the will of God for him. But notice here Simon Peter. And, and we, we know Simon Peter. He's often the one responding quickly. He's often the one that's hasty in his response. Then Simon Peter, having a sword, drew it and smote the high priest's servant and cut off his right ear. The servant's name was Malchus. Poor Malchus. Uh, Malchus was part of the, those who was about to arrest Christ. And in the heat of the moment, Simon Peter, thinking it was the right thing to do, his perspective was attack. And he cut off the, the servants here. We know that Jesus heals that guy, puts his ear back. But, but notice what, um, what Jesus says. Then said Jesus unto Peter, put up thy sword into the sheath, the cup which my father hath given me. Shall I not drink it? Remember just earlier on he had been praying. Lord, if it be thy will, let this cup pass from me. And, and Jesus was, was, he had already laid down his life. He had already given it up willingly uh, for, for our sake and for Simon Peter's sake. And here, Simon Peter, in, this, in the stress of the moment, all those hopes that he had of Christ, who was to be his Savior, to be, uh, in his mind, King, he had seen him triumphantly enter Jerusalem, and suddenly he was being arrested. Those, those plans that he had, they're no, longer, uh, they're no longer how he planned it, they're no longer how he had hoped it to be. And here suddenly in the stress of the moment, his perspective wasn't God's. And you know, many times when we face situations that like that, how we see the stressful moment isn't how God sees it. And Simon saw it differently to how Jesus saw it, and he responded hastily. Jesus saw it as a stepping stone to his glory. And many times we, we, must, we must align our view and our perspective and our mind by, by just, just consulting God and saying, what, what is this? What is the purpose of this? And I, I, I'm talking about serious times here. And, you know, sometimes how we see the stressful moment isn't how a godly man sees it. And here's where I'm going to lead to the next point. It's, it's, it's taking counsel, but sometimes how we see the stressful moment isn't how a godly man sees it. Look at another example. Look at 2 Samuel. Look at 2 Samuel chapter 16. And I'll just set the, the, the scene here uh, in chapter 16. Um, David, the king, had just been betrayed by his son Absalom. He, he's about to overtake the kingdom. And in the process, one who he had, David had been kind to previously, Mephibosheth, 
is now trying to get his own. Remember whose household Mephibosheth was from? He was a household of Saul. Saul was, was David for his, uh, for his duration of his life, early life, was an enemy. Had turned himself to someone who was going after David, trying to kill him. And yet in all of that, when in keeping a promise, David was kind, wasn't he, to this man? But here, Mephibosheth's run away, and he's trying to set himself up to be king as well. So, so you would agree that th this was a stressful moment. But then add to this, notice verse 5. And when King David came to Bahurim, behold, thence came out a man of the family of the house of Saul. Notice this, another man who was a, from the household of Saul, whose name was Shimei, the son of Gera. He came forth and cursed still as he came. So as David was going past, this, this guy, Shimei, was cursing at him. And notice further that to that, and he cast stones at David and at all the servants of King David and all the people and all the mighty men were on his right hand and on his left hand. And thus said Shimei, when he cursed, come out, come out, thou bloody man, thou man of Belial. This was an accusation that was, uh, it was, it was just a curse to David. And, and you can imagine the rightful king being berated by some guy named Shimei, who was probably just a nobody in the, in, the, in the family of Saul. And he was just there, and he was berating him. Uh, notice here, the Lord hath returned upon thee all the blood of the house of Saul, in whose stead thou hast reigned. And remember several times David had the opportunity to, king, to kill Saul, but he didn't. He didn't, want to teach, uh, he didn't want to kill God's anointed. And so this accusation was false. And, and then notice this, the Lord hath delivered the kingdom into the hand of Absalom, thy son. And behold, thou art taken in thy mischief because thou art a bloody man. Man, strong words. So adding to the stress of the kingdom literally being ripped from David's grasp, we see this guy, Shimei, adding to the stress. Adding to the overwhelming um, situation that David saw himself. But, you know, David had some mighty men. Notice the response they had. Then said Abishai, the son of Zeruiah, unto the king, Why should this dead dog curse my lord the king? You like him as a bodyguard. And he could, if you, you know a little bit about Abishai, he was a mighty warrior. This wasn't an empty threat. He could do this. He says, Let me go over, I pray thee, and take off his head. That's a man's man, right? Let me just go and take off his head. But notice this. And the king said, What have I to do with you, ye sons of Zeruiah? So let him curse. Because the Lord hath said unto him, Curse David, who shall then say, Wherefore hast thou done so? And David said to Abishai and to all his servants, Behold, my son, which came forth of my bowels, seeketh my life. How much more now may this Benjamite do it? Let him alone and let him curse, for the Lord hath bidden him. It may be that the Lord will look on mine affliction and that the Lord will requite me good for his cursing this day. Boy, what a godly man. You know, we have the man's man, but we have this godly man. And he's saying, you know, I'm dealing with far worse. So let him curse. What, what's it to do with me? And he's saying, you know, in this moment, and, and notice the, the contrast there between the perspective of a godly man and the perspective of just one of these warriors. 
And what I'm saying is David saw the bigger picture. And in his most stressful moment, assessed the reality of what was facing him. He comprehended the reality, and it wasn't, this was the small chips to the big fry. This was the thing, this, this, this wasn't the, the issue. The issue was greater. And, and so he, he understood, he comprehended the reality of the moment. And, and Hezekiah, he understood the reality. And so he responded accordingly. He mourned. He, he understood the seriousness. But notice there that he went to the house of God. He went there. He, he went to, to mourn before God. And, and we're going to look at that later on as well. But so the first thing in, in, in handling stressful situations, we need to com- comprehend the reality. Is this worth stressing about? Is this worth ruining your, your mentality, your day, your attitude about? Or is this something that God can easily handle? Is this how God views this? Uh, how, how would a godly man view it? And, and here's the, the next thing is this. If we're going to handle stressful situations, we need to consider those who are able to help. And, and notice verses 2 to 5. And, the, and he sent Eliakim. So this is now Hezekiah's proper response, which was over the household and Shebna the scribe and the elders of the priests covered with sackcloth to Isaiah, the prophet, the son of Amos. So, so in that day, in Hezekiah's day, was the, the prophet Isaiah. We read his book later on. And, so, and they said to, unto him, Thus saith Hezekiah, this day is a day of trouble and of rebuke. He wasn't run away, running away from the, the reality of the situation. And blasphemy for the children are come to birth, and there is not strength to bring forth. It may be the Lord thy God will hear all the words of Rabshakeh, whom the king of Assyria, his master, hath sent to reproach the living God, and will reprove the words which the Lord thy God hath heard. Wherefore, lift up thy prayer for the remnant that are left. So the servants of King Hezekiah came to Isaiah. He sent a message. He said, pray. Pray for me. And give me some counsel regarding this because this is a serious situation. And Isaiah said unto them, Thus shall you say to your master, Thus saith the Lord, Be not afraid of the words which thou hast heard, which, uh, with which the servants of the king of Assyria have blasphemed me. Behold, I will send a blast upon him, and shall hear a rumor, and shall return to his own land, uh, own land, and I will cause him to fall by the sword in his own land. And so he's saying, don't worry about it. And, and notice there again, he, he went and he considered those who are able to help. And, and what it was, simply this, Hezekiah sent a prayer request. And Hezekiah got counsel from Isaiah. This was a, a, a prophet. This was a, a, a man of God. And he went there. He went to the one that could help. And you know, the, the, the reality is so many times when we're in stressful situations, the reality is sometimes we love it. We don't want to go to people who will help and help, help solve that. We want to go to someone who will be a sounding board who just take the complaint. But, but, you know, in reality, in those stressful moments, we need those who can actually help. And, and, and there's, a great, there's a great principle in the Word of God about counsel, isn't there? In Proverbs eleven fourteen, where no counsel is, the people fall. But in the multitude of counselors, there is safety. Proverbs 24, 6, For by wise counsel thou shalt make thy war. And in the multitude of counselors, there is safety. And, and, and here the Bible shows us that counsel gives us a clearer perspective. Remember, I was t- talking earlier about the fact that when we face stressful situations, we're not thinking clearly. We have a clouded perspective. And so it's helpful then to get a clearer perspective. And often, that's when we need to consider those who are able to help. Those who can see, 
maybe the bigger picture for us. And, and you know, counsel gives you an outside perspective, doesn't it? You know, when you're in the middle of the storm, when you're in the middle of the stress, we're not the best judge. When you're in it, it's, it'd be best for us to get outside perspective. And certainly I want to say that we ought to take counsel of the Lord first. But there is a principle in the Word of God of going to others for some wise counsel. But, but go to those who have a touch of God on their lives. Go to those who have a real walk with God. Go to those who are, have a spiritual maturity, not just have an ear for gossip. Don't go to those who, who will just be, be, be sympathetic to the stress that you have. It's good to have sympathy, but it's good to have some strategy. It's good to, to just hear something that will help us, right? And, and Daniel was very much like that. You know, Daniel was greatly used even in a secular nation. You know why? Because he just was walking with God. He, he was just able to, to see things that no one else saw. And in Daniel 5.12, for as much as an excellent spirit and knowledge and understanding, interpreting of dreams and showing of hard sentences and dissolving of doubts were found in the same Daniel, whom the king named Belteshazzar. Now let Daniel be called and he will show the interpretation. You know, when people were confused, they went to Daniel. Why? Because he was a one who was, who was a, a man who was who had the touch of God on his life. He, he just walked with God. He knew God. And he, he, he wasn't, God elevated him in the nation, but before that, he had character, he had integrity, he, he had pureness of heart, and he was a person who walked with God. And I hope that we surround ourselves, you know, if you're going to be a wise man, don't hang around fools. If you're going to get right counsel, get counsel from those who walk with God, who know the Word of God. And consider those who are actually able to help. And so Hezekiah goes to Isaiah, gives him the, the prayer requests. But then notice the next thing after this. Notice here he communicates his stress to, to God. Notice uh, verses 14 to 19. And Hezekiah received the letter of the hand of the messengers and read it. And Hezekiah went up into the house of the Lord and spread it before the Lord. And you can almost imagine the this letter that he had gotten with all of the, the, um, the advice and counsel and all of that, and he lays it before the Lord. And it's good to confirm with God, isn't it? And he lays it out. And it's, it's like us, when we go through troubles, we better have a good prayer list that comes along with our prayer life. And here, he just spreads it out. It's like us spreading our prayer list. And going, I'm going through the situations, Lord. These things are... are, are they're stressing me out. They're, these things are, are overwhelming me. And, and here he communicates his stress to his God. And here simply Hezekiah prayed, but he already had a prayer life. Hezekiah received this and his automatic was to spread it out before the Lord. And Hezekiah prayed in verse 15 before the Lord and said, O Lord God of, of Israel, which dwellest between the cherubims, thou art the God, even thou alone, of all the kingdoms of the earth, Thou hast made heaven and earth. And, and don't forget that in times of, of stress and in times of overwhelming, don't forget to pray to God about who He is. You know why? Not that God needs reminding about who He is, 
It's because you need reminding about who God is. We need to be reminded. We need to be reminded He's the creator of the universe. That, that he, he, uh, he, this, this thing that is so significant in our lives doesn't stress Him out. It, 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 he, he doesn't feel surprised and overwhelmed by this. He's, he's over it all. And, and here we see that He just communicated. And he, he spread it out before the Lord and said, Lord, bow down thine ear and hear, open, the Lord, open, Lord, thine eyes and see and hear the words of Sennacherib, which hath sent him to reproach the living God. Of a truth, Lord, the kings of Assyria have destroyed the nations and their lands and have cast their gods into the fire. For there were no gods but the work of men's hands, wood and stone. Therefore they have destroyed them. Now therefore, O Lord our God, I beseech thee, save thou us out of his hand, that all the kingdoms of the earth may, eat, may know that thou art the Lord God, even thou only. Boy, what a prayer. And here we, we see that he communicated his stress to God. And um, if, if you look at chapter 18, we, we note here about, uh, about Hezekiah. Notice in verse, uh, verse 6, for he clave to the Lord. And departed not from following him, but kept his commandments, which the Lord commanded Moses. And the Lord was with him. Notice that. And he prospered whithersoever he went forth, and he rebelled against the king of Assyria and served him not. Before that, we see that this commendation was given to Hezekiah in verse 5. So that after him was not like him among all the kings of Judah, nor any that were before him. What a great commendation. And what that simply says about Hezekiah was this. He had a real walk with God. He himself, who was going through the stress. And, 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 you know, I understand that at times we throw up emergency prayers to God. We go through a situation that suddenly comes to us. We throw up flares, right, to God. And, and we should approach God in boldness that way. But, you know, it, it'd be much more helpful if we approach God in boldness not due to the emergency, but due to the familiarity that we have with Him. Not, not in desperation per se, but because that is the way we deal with and we do every day. I, I like uh, what, what David said. Look at Psalm 3. Parallel to this was the, the, him fleeing from Absalom, which we read about uh, briefly. And this, this psalm was written uh, during the time where he was fleeing from Absalom, his son. And notice here, Lord, how are they increased that trouble me? Many are they that rise up against me. Many there be which say of my soul, there is no help for him in God. Selah. But thou, O Lord, art a shield for me. My glory and the lifter up of mine head. I cried unto the Lord with my voice, and He heard me out of His holy hill. I laid me down and slept. I awaked, for the Lord sustained me. I will not be afraid of ten thousand of people that have set themselves against me round about. Arise, O Lord, save me, O my God. For Thou hast smitten all mine enemies upon the cheekbone. Thou hast broken the teeth of the ungodly. Salvation belongeth unto the Lord. Thy blessing is upon thy people. And notice there, the David's response to the troubles was to cry out to God. He cried out. And here David, he was fleeing from Absalom, and he cried out. You know why? Because David 
had a real walk with God. Because Hezekiah had a real walk with God. And, and what I'm saying is this, in regard to communicating our stresses to our God, really it's prayer. God says to him, let our requests be made known unto him. It's good to pray that way, but what, what I'm saying is this prayer should be a regular joy, not just a momentary alarm. You know, sometimes we treat God like he's just the emergency button. And yet, here's what we ought to have. We ought to have a regular joy in Him. We ought to pray. We ought to pray in delight. We ought to pray just, just, just praising Him and thinking of Him and, and giving Him all glory. We ought, to, we ought to take time. You know, the Bible tells us to make our requests made, uh, to, to make our requests be known to Him, but we ought to do it with thanksgiving. And so we ought to have this regular joy not just a momentary alarm. And prayer should be an ordinary course, not only an emergency exit. And sometimes that's how we treat prayer. We treat prayer like it's just the emergency exit to get out. But really, really it should be a path we walk every day. And, and, and you know, sometimes it, it does well for us to know the way to God when we're in need. And sadly, many times, people only find their way to God when they're in need. And yet, here Hezekiah, who had a track record of being a man who walked with God, even in that, that moment, communicated his stress to, to God. But lastly, lastly, really comes down to this, as we think about handling stress, we need to commit the outcome. We need to commit the outcome to our God. And here, again, in verse 19, he says, Now therefore, O Lord, O God, I beseech thee, save thou us from out of his hand. You know, he, he, he really relied, he really just laid down his life and the need of the nation before God. And we must, we must be satisfied in God's ability and God's directive in times of stress. Um, I think of the example of the, the three Hebrew boys. Look at Daniel chapter 3 and we'll be done. Look at Daniel chapter 3. And, and you know, it's a great, great spirit and attitude and, and really a convicting one. Daniel chapter 3, and you know the story. Nebuchadnezzar, he sets up an idol of gold. He says, anytime the music plays, everyone bow. And these three, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, they would not bow. Right? They just wouldn't. No matter the pressure, no matter the, the stress that they were put under, they just wouldn't bow. And so the, the punishment was for them to go into a fiery furnace. In fact, it was so, it was so hot that uh, those servants who came close to it died from the heat. And, and notice what happened here in Daniel chapter 3. Look at verses 14 to 17. Uh, notice verse 13 here. Then Nebuchadnezzar in his rage and fury commanded to bring Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Then they brought these men before the king. They wouldn't bow, so they brought him before the king. Nebuchadnezzar spake and said unto them, Is it true, O Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego? Do not ye serve my gods, nor worship the golden image which I have set up? Now if you be ready that at what time ye hear the sound of the cornet, flute, harp, succubate, psaltery, and, and dulcimer, and all kinds of music, ye fall down and worship the image which I have made? Well... But if you worship not, you shall be cast the same hour into the midst of the burning fiery furnace. And who is it that God shall deliver you out of my hands? What a challenge. 
Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego answered and said to the king, O Nebuchadnezzar, we are not careful. So we don't even hesitate to answer you this way, in this manner, matter. If it be so, our God whom we serve is able to deliver us from the burning fiery furnace, and He will deliver us out of thine hand, O king. But if not, but if not, be it known unto thee, O king, that we will not serve thy God, nor worship the golden image which, which thou hast set up. And they're saying, you know, our lives, they're in God's hands. The outcome of this stressful moment, this, this overwhelming situation, will not be the end of us. You know why? Because we have a God who is above all. Because we have a God who we can trust. And if not, we still won't do it. And, and listen, um, you know, when it comes down to it, our lives are in God's hands. And in those times where we feel overwhelmed, we're still in God's hand. He hasn't lost control. He, he knows where you are, even though you don't. He knows, he knows the, the things that are ahead, that you must, the, the steps you must take ahead. And He knows. And we got to, in the end, commit the outcome to our God. And, and Hezekiah, he simply just said, Lord, you save us. You, we rely on you. And, and you know, when, when there's times, we, we just got to come to our God. And we got to lay, lay before Him the, the, the troubles and the, the things that stress and overwhelm us. And then we got to lean on Him for strength. We got to lean on Him for directive. And we will face stressful moments where the madness of the moment could cause us to fall. But in those times, we must take note that God is ever-present. We can come to Him in our most difficult moments because, because He's a faithful God. Right, let's pray. Father in heaven, thank You, dear Lord, for the opportunity that we have. Lord, just to glean some, some things in the life of a of, of one whom you commended. Thank you, dear God, that, Lord, as faithful as you, you were to him, you are faithful to us as your children. And thank you, dear God, that, Lord, as we go through stressful moments in our lives and, uh, Lord, over, overwhelming situations and times of trouble, that you're a, you're a safe harbor. That, Lord, we can come to you, you're a fortress. Lord, you're a rock. And we can come to you with, with full assurance that you're able. And so help us, Lord. I, I don't know the hearts of the people here. I don't know the situations that they face this week. But I pray to God that we would do as Hezekiah and, and look to you, uh, comprehend the reality of, of, the, of the moment. Uh, Lord, then, then enlist perhaps, consider those that are able to help. And then, Lord, would you just lead us in, in a, through our prayer. And Lord, help us, Lord, to just be committed to you. And Lord, we ask these things in Christ's most precious, holy, wonderful name. Amen.